Class is a company that provides a weekly current events study program designed for both homeschooling families and to be used in the classroom. Your child can study independently or you can work together as a family to study current events. One of the greatest hopes we have for our children is that they remain in Christ. It can also be one of the greatest challenges. It's crucial to prepare children to understand the major issues that are going on in the world from a Christian perspective, and we shouldn't shy away from those as parents. Veritas Current Events seeks to provide parents with the tools that they need to be able to study current events with their family. Veritas shines a light on these issues from within the faith. They offer a weekly curriculum service, which includes a lesson plan, a backgrounder, and a teacher's guide. Right now, Veritas is offering a coupon code, FOUNTAINS, F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-S, for a first month free, so that you can actually just get in there and see what it's like. Their website is veritascurrentevents.com, V-E-R-I-T-A-S, currentevents.com. I think it's a fantastic thing. I wish it had been around when I had all my kids at home. Take a look at Veritas Current Events. I appreciate Veritas's support of this podcast. Please enjoy their product. My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make join. Good morning, Esther and Matthew. I would like to welcome you and and let all our listeners know that I'm re-interviewing Esther and Matthew from Veritas. I interviewed you guys about a year ago, right? A little over a year. Again, for having us on. Yeah. And when I had first started, so two reasons I wanted to interview you guys again. One was simply that uh, I have a lot more listeners now. So I think that my listeners now will really benefit from from uh, hearing what you guys have to offer. But also, we went over what Veritas is, but I would really like to delve more into how we can best use Veritas, how it can serve us as as homeschoolers. Esther and Matthew are a couple raising their family right here in my own little community in the Couchin Valley. They have two little boys. And would you guys like to tell us a little bit about your family? And then if you could just kind of reiterate what Veritas is for my listeners that haven't heard of you guys before. Yeah, so we we live right close by and I'm a teacher and I was homeschooled myself from grade six to 12, grade six all the way through high school. Um, and my husband, Matthew, is a lawyer by trade and now working on this current events program. And do you want to talk about Veritas? Yeah, I mean, just uh, the very short summary is that, is that every week we look at uh, a current event or some issue, and then we sort of delve into it and see how it intersects with, uh, with the faith and how this faith speaks to it and, and illuminates the, those things. And then we also provide a backgrounder, which looks more deeply at something connected with the issue, uh, with the with the, the event. Um, so that's really the the crux of it, and we're really happy with with uh, how people have responded. Yeah, it's it's an amazing product. I'm I'm so impressed with it. So it's subscription based, correct? Like month to month subscription. Yes, that's yeah. right. So um, okay. Schools can get in touch with us for, for a yearly subscription, but our website is veritascurrentevents.com and, and there's a, a month-to-month subscription uh, that, that people can get and uh, they can get a, uh, get a month trial if, if, they, if they like and see if it works for them. I saw that. That's a really good idea. And so each uh, current event that you're dealing with, each, um, you get, it's a weekly 
uh, edition, right? So what 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 happens once a week? Somebody gets gets uploaded, it gets emailed to you, or do you go on the website to see what's new? Yeah, just functionally, it's it's both. So uh, so people um, will get an email with uh, links to to the uh, to the materials. So every every week there's a, a lesson plan, a little teacher's guide to give okay. um, teachers or parents. Um, a little bit of uh, background and maybe some points for for discussion, and then uh, and then the backgrounder, which is usually two or three pages on aspects of, of the event. And yeah, and parents also have access all the time to the website, which shows you they can search up past lessons and backgrounders on countries or different issues. So it's all available to the online. Okay, so they can pick things out maybe specific to what they're already studying. Yeah, and uh, some some events obviously sort of uh, get a little bit dated over time, but uh, some uh, that we've done, I think, uh, you know, would be worth going back to, and and you know, parents and and teachers can sort of pick out or or take a look and see if if there is something uh, that we did a couple months ago that that they would like to go back to, or or we, or that they want to look more deeply into. Okay, one of the things I would love to for parents to know is that if you are not wanting your kids to be on screen, if you're trying to limit how much of their education is on screen, that your pages print up beautifully. So, I mean, I printed up a couple of the articles that you sent me. One of them is is uh, it has an art component. And so the actual art has printed up really beautifully. So I think that I would encourage parents who are trying to limit screen time that they actually just print the text is beautiful to read. The actual printed page comes up very nicely, which is not true of all websites. I'm glad you've done it that way because I could sort of imagine parents, especially if they're wanting to use it as a for multi-age kids, that actual ha- actually having a printout is going to be more efficacious than being on the computer. And so for those two reasons, limiting screen time and also for more than one child, you could print it out, put it in a binder or whatever. Good job on that because I think that that's, that's something that I would really value, right? How well it prints up. Sounds like a simple thing, but you know. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, is we, we also sort of share concern about screen time. So it's a little bit ironic that, that we are running this business, which of necessity has to serve itself through the internet. So we, we did try to keep it so it's it's easy to print off and, and work on sort of on paper. On paper. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and of course, on the in on the screen, there are all the links are going to be available to you and whatnot. But you know, d- depending on the age group that you're working with, most of us have realized, I think, over the years that the internet actually will aid our homeschooling. But we still are, you know, <laughs> get a little backup about it, especially with younger kids. So there's two kind of main things that I'd like to focus on. Uh, the first one is, I'd like to discuss how current events are uh, as a way of deepening our understanding of the challenges that our kids are going to face, right? How how we're going to look at current events. The second thing is, we'll deal with that first, but the second thing is looking a little more deeply in how we can use this as a unit study for our family, that we can actually really integrate all our subject areas or, or many of our subject areas into this one area of current events. I think that this is um, this is really valuable and I think great service to homeschoolers. So so let's talk first about that, about just deepening our, our understanding of the church and what we're dealing with and how current events can help prepare. So what, what are your personal goals in that regard? Like when you're putting together your weekly um, current event, what are your personal goals in terms of 
formation or preparation for kids? Well, one thing to say right away is I know with myself personally, as soon as I left home or, you know, even playing on a sports team out of the house, doing anything out of the house, our our children and myself when I was a teenager, we, I was bombarded by ideas and, and philosophies and thinking that often, sometimes or often doesn't jive with our faith. And um, it's good for kids to know why something does or doesn't fit with um, their family and culture and grow in their awareness of why they believe things. So um, especially uh, young people are taught a lot of things at university that don't necessarily fit with their worldview. I mean, current events gives us, right. um, if, if they've been studying current events, they can, they already have experience with the outside world, not just in their little homeschool community or even um, their country, but they can gain a better understanding mm. of where other people are coming from, where some of these ideas and philosophies are coming from. They've studied history through current events. Would you like to add to that? Yeah, I, I think um, one, one of the things which uh, really um, inspires us is, I'm afraid I've forgotten if it's Anselm or Augustine or, or someone else, but uh, the idea that the, the faith illumines everything, that, that, that we see the world through, uh, through the faith. And, that, um, and I think that's really important because we, uh, you know, the faith is true and, 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 it's, uh, and it is the, the sort of fundamental reality that uh, God, you know, God created the, wor- the, the world and, and so everything is informed um, by, by the, the truths of the faith. So uh, we really, we think current events are, are sort of crucial for being, for, for letting children um, take their faith and apply it and, and sort of see the world uh, through the faith. And, and so we're really trying to enable them to do that and sort of, uh, point the way. I think there's, um, it's easy to sort of, and so much of our world is sort of, um, cordoned off into, into, uh, you know, the secular and sacred or into, uh, different, um, different subject areas you know we have we have theology we have church but then we've got you know mathematics or literature or um or science and and we don't uh you know and what we really need to do is we really need to see um how they interact and and most importantly how the how the faith um informs and and um provides uh, light in all those in all those areas. Right. Uh, so we really think that current events is sort of like a great area, to, a great way to do that. It's certainly not the only way to do that, right. but uh, we think it's um, it's really important. Yeah, I agree. Um, what are some? If you can sort of point out, so parents know, sort of what are some practical ways you apply those things. So we, we go into to read one of the current events, one of the lesson plans. What are some ways that that comes to existence? You know, the actual formation of the child through the lesson plan. It varies, of course. Uh, so, you know, we, we look at different kinds of events, different, uh, different things. So um, as an example, uh, we took a look at a, um, 
at a Pakistani Christian couple who had been uh, persecuted in their own country. Neighbors had accused them of blasphemy and they were um, sentenced to death and, and they they were on death row for uh, for a long time, and then uh, eventually they were exonerated. But that's a, that's that's a, a event where faith is clear. Like we see, we see how Christians live um, in other parts of the world. We see the uh, the, the struggles they face, right. and of course, that's the fact that they're still being persecuted. Yeah, yeah, and and also you know the the need to um, certainly. Uh, you know, Christ speaks about uh, about us being uh, needing to be um, ready to face persecution, and uh, and so does Saint Paul. It also brings up various questions that students can think about, um, like human rights issues, or why why do we have freedoms in our country? Right. and the list goes on and on. But to take the story, another example, which is um, you know where where it isn't. As, as immediate, uh, you know, we look at things like deforestation in the Amazon and, and its effect on, on the environment. You know, I think the world often sees that in a purely secular light. But uh, as Christians, we should really be looking at it through the question of, you know, how of creation and how do we care for creation? What, is our, what is our responsibility to care for creation? Yeah, and I think with issues... With those secular hot button issues, I think we can often think, you know, oh, they're just placing trees over human beings, right? And when you, you know, which can happen. But of course, there is a we do have a responsibility for stewardship over the over creation, and so we have we can't just write it off like oh, those you know those tree huggers are are uh, you know love trees more than humans. So we you know maybe that exists, but we uh, we also have to take a good hard look at at what our our duty is as humans. Yeah. So that's great. That's great formation. You know, and this is something that sometimes doesn't come up in our, in our Christian conversation. Right. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of issues like that where, you know, Christians are going to have some different perspectives and, and legitimately can have different, um, different takes on, on things. And obviously that's uh, something where parents can sort of can take lessons in, in different directions. But we're, we want to give students the, the tools to think about these things through the light of the faith, stewardship, care for the poor and, and those who, you know, need to make a living, need to support their families, you know, and, and how we, how we evaluate those, those things. And, and even just being aware that those are the ways that we should be thinking about it. For some students, you know, they don't need to come to a, a firm conclusion on, on what the policy should be about the Brazilian rainforest, but it's important to, to learn to be able to, to think about these things through the principles of that the, the faith gives us. Well, it sounds to me like sort of inherent in the lesson plans is like learning how to think logically, learning how to think about um, the economy, say, you know, those things that are that we often sort of don't get time to teach our kids, but they're vital, right? It's vital to understand how the world works. So that's this is a way of sort of introducing that inherently. And of course, a, a family, I think, could take that. That's right. Building... Yeah, critical thinking skills, you know, that's something that we, you know, we shouldn't really shouldn't be curriculumized, it should be inherent in what we do. But a lot of a lot of textbooks and whatnot programs are not teaching us to think critically ask anybody who's been through the high school, you know, their local high school, (laughs) critical thinking is a cultural abyss. You know, we just we just don't 
have a lot of critical thinkers in our society, right? And it's it's shocking. But, you know, I mean, we know just even response to, I don't know, economic decisions or political decisions, people have no idea what the repercussions are of of big decisions that our government is making or big decisions that people are pushing for. You know, what are the repercussions of those things? And it sounds like it's something that's sort of inherent in this, which is great. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. And, yeah. and I think um, it 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 does help uh, students to see the application of, of uh, things which they have learned in, in other subject areas too, um, and to see the application of the faith. You know, the, there's it's significant in in, in every area, and uh, and as uh, current events is um, is sort of an area where lots of different areas of study end up interacting. When students see how they interact, it there's more relevance, there's more significance that they yeah, can they have to, find yeah. in each of those areas that perhaps they've, perhaps they've already studied, you know, history and geography and philosophy, uh, politics. English, um, writing speeches. What it, about. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it all blows upon each other. And I was just going to say that my interest in things um, really peaked when I, when I found that I could connect them to other areas to, and, and find that there was, um, you know, a, a moral significance to this part of history, or it, it bore on uh, literature or, or, uh, or art or something like that. And, and then you, and then it really comes alive. Every single day I get emails, every single day, from people who want to be guests or share their product on my podcast, uh, which is great. It means that lots of people are listening. Most of them I dismiss because I feel like they're not maybe suitable for my readers or wouldn't be of interest to my listeners. However, several months ago, I received an email from a company called Tony Box asking if I would interview somebody from Tony Box that would share about their product. And the product actually really caught my attention, so I decided I would. So that interview, it really explains what Tony Box does. Tony Box is a product that builds imagination. It's a screen-free digital listening experience that plays songs and stories. And it also has a creative component where you can, you or your child can make up your own uh, stories or songs. You can record yourself and put it on your Tony Box. It is simple enough for a three-year-old to use. I gave a Tony Box to my grandkids because I just thought this is an amazing product. I've seen it in action. I've seen them play with it. I've seen them use it and be thrilled by it and be able to use it completely independent. That doesn't require any parent input, which is uh, fantastic for busy parents. I'll put a link to the Tony Box in the show notes. And I'm also going to link a blog post where I have a picture of my granddaughter with her Tony Box so you can get a sense of what it's like. The team at Tony Box are fantastic. They are passionate about bringing you an awesome product. Their customer service is remarkable. I am so grateful for Tony Box supporting this podcast. I'm going to share a little story with you. I've I, pretty sure I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was completely uninterested in history at all, right? Or current events or anything like that just did not grab my interest when I was in high school until I was in grade 12. And I took a course uh, called Western Civilization that was a series. It was actually, it was old when I did it. Like it was like, it had been produced in 1970. You can still get it. I actually bought it a few years back, but it was the connection point. So I think it was like a 12 or 20 part series or something about Western civilization and it was art, architecture, political thought, culture, and how how all of that, the, the parallel between all those things. And it was suddenly 
it what what made it relevant and this is really apparent in your course as well was that it all related to me right suddenly it was my history and so that made all and from that point on I loved history all of a sudden it made sense to me that all these things were working together for a a purpose through this stream of history it all eventually led to me and all the other people all my peers but western civilization was a a series of events a series of thought a series of uh religious ideologies all kinds of things that that made you know Canada what it, what Canada is the US what the US is it was incredible to me that it pulled it all together like that and i find that this is what when i'm looking at your you know sample pages that's what it's doing it's pulling ideas together so that we can have a better understanding of who we are as a people right and that, that's so important you know and so you're taking it from from this event here and and looking kind of the the backward glance so we can understand better how this event fits into the historical context but it's just great. I, I would like to actually kind of go over. I'm, I'm going to describe this because we're audio. I'm going to describe what I'm looking at so that my listeners have kind of an idea. And I would really encourage people to do the the 30 day trial because I think it would just give you a very good picture. Just I think that's how we can learn how to use things better, just by getting our you know hands dirty with them, sort of thing. So get in there, pull off some lessons, try it out, see what it's like. So what we have here is the the lesson plan is about. The contra- controversy over da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi, it's a work of art, agitates the art world. So do you guys want to, in a, just in a nutshell, say what that is? Because I'm not going to read the whole two-page lesson. <laughs> well, so the Salvatore Mundi was, I mean, it's just a, a fascinating little story. It's its a da Vinci painting that was lost for, I, I, I think it was about two centuries, maybe even longer. And it was rediscovered and it was really uh, torn up, but it was expertly restored they they stripped off you know there, there'd been all this extra work that that had been done on it um to try and fix it earlier and they stripped that off and 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 then restored the original painting and it's a it's an amazing painting so salvatore mundi i'm assuming means savior of the world yes uh and it's and it's of christ and he, he's facing the the viewer sort of head on and uh, it, with his arm raised in a in a blessing and holding um, a uh, holding like a, a crystal ball, I, I believe is supposed to represent the cosmos, uh, the universe. Sort of a startling um, work. And, and of course, Da Vinci, there isn't that many paintings of Da Vinci that, that have survived and, and come down to us. Anyway, it was found uh, and, and restored and then sold for um, an extraordinary amount of money, about $100 million dollars. And then uh, sold again for $450 million, and it was sold uh, to a Saudi prince. And so it sort of passed out of sort of public access. And, uh, and the Louvre in Paris wanted to put on a, um, uh, a show, a, 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 um, an exhibition, uh, all the da Vinci's that they could get their hands on. And they right. uh, spoke to the, the, the Saudi prince, who initially agreed... But then, then there was a, a dust up over the Saudi prince wanting, you know, his work of art to have sort of the, the central place in the exhibition, and they couldn't agree. So that's sort of this the story, which is sort of fun and, and interesting. It provides sort of a window onto all these interesting areas uh, of study, uh, you know, art, the Renaissance, right, and the modern art world. So that's what I, so I have this, it's, I have two pages in front of me, which just, just goes over the controversy, right? 
So in the sidebar, there's a little there's a little block that tells us who Leonardo da Vinci was in one paragraph, what the Louvre is, uh, what a particle accelerator is. That's probably something they used to restore. Yes, that's right. Uh, well, they use that to sort of to sort of see the painting in a different way, and that helps to authenticate it as as being um, a da Vinci because it was it it had been lost. And so the one of the big questions when they when it was sort of proposed to be a real da Vinci uh, was you know is it actually is it actually by da Vinci's hand or is it is it one of these uh, because a lot of these uh, paintings were da Vinci would do one and then. You know, his students would do a version, and and another student would do another. Version. So there's actually right a dozen sort of similar Salvatore Mundi's, but this is the only one by Da Vinci. The others are all sort of lesser imitations by lesser right. painters. So from the workshop of yeah, okay, interesting. So then on on sort of page two of this. It has um, some news articles that you can access. It has some critical thinking questions and it has some activities. Okay. So this is where to me, like pulling in your whole family is, is going to be really valuable pulling in even quite young kids, you know, so, so debate. Okay. So there's given a debate topic. There's given some, um, some art research questions that you could do, some art discussion questions, sort of Socratic discussion questions you could have with your kids, some mm-hmm. uh, history project, faith project that you could do with your family. And this one you've said, in The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis, he portrays a meeting between someone already in heaven and a painter who is more or less in purgatory. The redeemed person says, when you painted on earth, at least your earlier days, it was because you caught glimpses of heaven in the earthly landscape. The success of your painting was that it enabled others to see the glimpses too. So then there's a discussion question. Do you think that's accurate? Is a statement about what art should aim at? Are there other ways in which art can be good? These are great questions. And these are questions that I think, you know, you can adapt for a younger age group that you can you can have their input. Is You know, sim- something as simple as, what do you think is good about this painting? Is it beautiful? Is it ugly? Is it, uh, what is it? How does it make you feel? Right? That's where we start those conversations with, with younger kids, even, you know, five, six, seven year olds to pull them into a discussion. Now they're not going to be part of all this discussion for sure, but they're going to be brought into it. Right. And it's sort of the very beginning of those critical thinking skills. I'm just going to pull out one of the other pages. So one of the other pages, there's a, a backgrounder, and I think this is a really important part of your your um, lesson plans, is this backgrounder is going to give you lots of information, lots of general information about the topic itself to place it in context. In this particular one, the backgrounder is on the Renaissance. So it has a very brief description of what the Renaissance is and what it did, you know, what the why it's meaningful. Yeah. The medieval background, the origins of the Renaissance, it goes through some of the major players of the Renaissance. And these are short, short, short. You could delve into them as deeply as you wanted to. But for your younger kids, you know, a paragraph, not even a paragraph, a couple of sentences on Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, Botticelli, Raphael. What is scholasticism? Who is Petrarch? Who is Cicero? So these are important things for the context of, of uh, studying the Renaissance. So you could spend, you could do this for a couple of days. You could also do it for a couple of months. In my opinion, if you made this a unit study, is you know what? We're just going to dive in here. I was saying, I agree. It could be a whole long unit plan over months. Yeah, because each one of these, you could spend each one of these articles or links you could spend a day on. You could spend, you could take Renaissance art and spend your entire school year studying different works of art. St- study the artist, study what uh, the event was. 
some people spend their entire career. So the four or five pages that you guys have provided for this particular lesson plan, in my opinion, could be a, a huge unit study. The year, it could be a jumping off place for the year. It could be a jumping off place for a couple of months. And I would encourage families to take this and then, okay, here are some, we could do our writing around this. We could do our history around this. We could do all our geography, social studies around this. For little kids, that's going to be looking at the culture. For older kids, that's going to be looking at the context of the culture, the context of the events. For other kids, you know, for older kids, high schoolers, it's going to be looking at how did that affect us today, right? Those are such a useful tool. So, you know, I mean, I think that, uh, for the maybe what would be the length of say a, a world book article only much more specific you know you could you could plumb the depths of this for sure right so then you've also got in here science and technology so again with a unit study you could scrap in my opinion <laughs> you could scrap your science program and delve into this historical element of science so really the only thing you're not addressing here is math and there would be ways of drawing math into that but you know math often stands alone in terms of sort of this type of study where I use a novel as my uh, in general I've used novels over the years historical novels as our jumping off place this could be a jumping off place and you line your novels up with it I'm just going to read off some science and technology so I'm just going to pull out a few things. I'm not going to read the article, but the invention of the printing press. What is the printing press? You know, why did it, how did it impact the world? Scientific advancements by Isaac Newton. Other uh, artists you mentioned here, um, Dürer, Holbein, uh, Bosch. In Northern Europe, the Reformation of the early 16th century restrained some of the more lavish and idealized expression of beauty present in the Italian Renaissance. So the difference between Northern Renaissance art, perhaps, and Italian Renaissance art talks about it in um, in England, talks about the church and the Renaissance. So again, just there's just so much going on here, and, and I think that... Um, People just need to give it a try, right? <laughs> so so multi-age, but also multidisciplinary. So what are the subject areas you see people being able to cover? In this one, backgrounder? In this one, yeah, article. But I suspect almost all of your articles are going to be able to be multi-subject uh, areas, right? So, so obviously English with writing yeah. and reading. Yeah, that's, yeah. And we always... Uh, we we try to always to provide a, uh, a debate a debate topic, you know, for people who do want to um, to develop that, that those skills with their students. We we uh, uh, point towards speeches that are given, um, you know, notable speeches in history. You've obvi obviously got uh, history in a lot of these. History informs so many of the things which go on uh, in the world today, and then some will. Uh, go into art, some will go music. into science, some will go into music, some will go into sort of philosophy and uh, political science, other other kinds of technology. You know, obviously, this particular one, you've got, you've got history, you've got art, you've got a little bit of technology, you've got some, um, you know, and then you've got the questions of perhaps some sort of public or there's sort of political questions, you know, how do we how do we value uh, art, and should it be should it be public? Should it be accessible? So, so you've got all these sorts of uh, subject areas which which uh, connect in. Okay. 
an awareness of, of beauty and an appreciation for art in all its forms has been an important aspect of our home education. As you know, the last few episodes, we've talked a lot about, about beauty and art. Years ago, I discovered Catholic heritage curricula and was first introduced to their art appreciation resources for young kids. They have an art masterpieces series. A desire for a deeper understanding of art led us to CHC's program Ever Ancient Ever New. This program is in two parts. Part one of Ever Ancient Ever New guides us from ancient art forms to the art of the Renaissance. Part two leads us from the art of the high Renaissance through to the modern era. What really drew us to this program was the art appreciation aspect of it and the history aspect of it with a distinctly Catholic perspective. But the program also presents art theory and opportunity for practice with a companion art pad that comes along with it. They give the children projects that they can work on to practice some of the art skills inherent in the program. CHC materials are always steeped in beauty and this program is visually delightful. For us, it helped us cultivate a sensitivity for beauty and gave us a solid foundation in the eras of art and the character that define them. The lives of artists and cultural influences that affected art are explored in the context of each chapter. One of the really awesome parts of Ever Ancient Ever New is that it can be used independently from children about, they recommend about grade five and up, or it can be read together as a family. As something we've really valued in our family, this program makes art appreciation something that parents can share with their children without being overwhelmed by the idea of introducing art. Beautiful, it's simple, it's engaging. I will put a link to the program in the show notes. Have a look. And you can also enjoy all of CHC's art programs that they offer for younger kids as well. I am grateful for CHC's support of this podcast. Thank you. And geography, you guys, you know, include maps in many of the um, many of the articles, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So geography is uh, oftentimes we'll we'll take a, a look at at a, a foreign country and sort of use that as a, a geographical. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a, a geographical background around the sort of the, uh, the main points on the, on, on a given country, um, you know, whether it's Pakistan or mm-hmm. China or, or, uh, or wherever. Um, and of course that goes into history as well. It's, it's usually history and geography. Literature, literature is also a, a, a comes up pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And also just being able to line literature up with, if you're looking at a different country, um, you know, maybe perhaps reading some of the writings of of that country, right? Because we don't get exposed very often to, say, writing of the Middle East or writing of you know, Asian writing and things like that, or Asian art. That would be a great way to, okay, you know, what are what are the other cultural elements of this society that that we could bring in here just to give my child, you know, some exposure to understand sort of what's going on here. You know, what are the art forms? What are the what are the religions of that country? It would I'd love to before this episode goes live, yeah. I'd love to do a blog post, just maybe taking one of these, maybe the Renaissance one and uh, or the the um, art one, and just throwing out some ideas about how you could include your younger kids how this might look if you did it for like two weeks or two months or whatever, you know, just sort of give some some thoughts. So if you have any thoughts you want to add to that, I think it'd be kind of cool to just do a blog post that that explores it a little deeper because people, especially when, you know, if you haven't been homeschooling very long, this is a new idea that people often, they don't just have the bag of ideas that somebody who's been doing this for longer might have. Like, you know, I see a hundred thousand things I could do with this, where if you're just starting out, it might not, it might not come to you as easily. Ideas to get people's brains warmed up to how you could, you know, what direction you could take this, you know, and what resources are out there, say for younger kids to kind of include them. 
you know, because there's some very, very good art resources, for example, but also history resources for younger kids. What we um, what we often try to do is we try to make this so that it's going to be engaging for older students. The questions, the activities are um, advanced enough that older students aren't going to be bored, aren't going to find it Mickey Mouse, or, or we try to keep them flexible enough that they can be things, there's issues, there's uh, there's activities that are going to work for younger kids if, if they're sort of dialed back or toned down a bit. You know, and I also think it's, it's useful, especially for the discussion, discussing these issues for younger kids with, if they have older siblings, to be able to hear the discussion and contribute to the extent that they're able to, because mm-hmm. we certainly, we learn how to think about uh, these issues and, and talk about these issues, often from hearing other people do it, um, not from necessarily reading, in this case, our lesson plan or reading about it. So I think that the conversation is is really a, a great place for, um, for younger uh, students to be able to contribute and, and, and engage. And they should be encouraged to, to engage to the extent that they do and to ask questions. Mm-hmm. So that's um, uh, a big part. Um, we do try and give, um, you know, some further resources that are uh, in the teacher's guide. And so sometimes those are accessible for younger, younger students. And sometimes they're, they're sort of going even deeper for older students. That's, uh, I just wanted to highlight that so that your, your uh, listeners check us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you could go right up to grade 11 and 12 with this very easily. So when you're writing it, sort of what are your sort of what's your tar- target age range that you're writing to? We can always go up and go down. But what are most of the articles? What are they? What are you looking at? Um, usually around grade seven to eight to 12, all the way up to 12 for sure. Okay. Um, and okay. I think okay. some of the subjects we cover, it's to the parents to judge what they think is appropriate for their their children if you're getting down into mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah so difficult topics yeah. for sure so there are i mean it, it it you know obviously you know there's going to be more things that a, a, that a grade eight student is going to be able to is going to be appropriate for a grade eight student than a grade you know two student so the uh the teacher's guide is helpful here because it gives a short summary on one page with us mm-hmm. for the parents so they know what topic covered and yeah. what they can um, then decide what is what they'd like to share with their children. Exactly. Yeah. Because there might be ones they feel their kids are a little too, you know, might be too delicate of a topic to address at this, you know, at 12, but maybe when they're 17, they can look at it, you know, more closely or whatever. So that. Uh, yeah, that's wise that a parent can do that. And again, you know, if parents, if your if your children are doing this independently, and it's it's designed both ways, kids can either do it independently or parent led topic, or, or a family topic. It could run either way. Definitely encourage parents to read that summary so that you know, uh, are you addressing a topic that you maybe feel your child is not ready for? Right, and it's honestly just helpful for parents as well, getting a weekly update. I I think on what what is going on. Um, so even if your children are not always reading mm-hmm. them, yeah. what's going on in the world? Yeah, yeah, and and certainly not. Yeah, every, uh, yeah, exactly. There, no, it's brilliant that we that we cover, which we um, try to make sure that we we try to make sure that we we aren't always going into the most controversial and adult topics. You know, we do want to uh, you know part of our mission 
to really prepare right. uh, students for to to engage with hot button topics, difficult topics within through the light of the faith, and mm-hmm. uh, and so we don't shy away from those. But neither are they the only thing we do. So. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're going to take a look at the Olympics um, broad range. in in uh, in a couple of weeks. We're, we took a look at uh, sort of Teresa's missionary okay, charity cool. uh, this past week. Um, yeah. Just a, a little story out of India. Those are sorts of things. Uh, so we do try to have a bit of a variety of, of topics more with younger, younger students. Yeah, I noticed that. It's great. Family doesn't have to use every lesson. They could, you know, they could pick you know, whatever lessons just, just kind of light them up, right? This is fantastic. I'm really excited about this, uh, this for you guys. I just wanted, so my listeners know, so what, what are the costs of the subscription? I find it's, I think it's very reasonable. I'm assuming a whole family can use it for that subscription price. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's, it's $10 uh, US a month, no matter the size of your family. We think it's a, a good value. I hope. I hope people will find it to be so. As I think we've said, it's sort of weekly thing, and then and then during the summer, uh, usually it's every other week, just to because people are slowing down. But we don't want to leave people without anything to to discuss. And certainly, the the news and and events don't stop. So no. <laughs> Sadly, wouldn't it be nice if we just got a break from news and events? <laughs> oh my gosh. Have, has COVID been one of the topics you've addressed? Yes, a, a couple times in different in different ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've looked at okay, good, come good, from and uh, lockdown policies, and uh, you know, and how it functions, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's fantastic. Where do you get ideas? Like, what do you do? You just keep a logbook of things that we want to address at some point, or what? What jumps out at you? I mean, sometimes it's it's things which you almost can't avoid, right? <laughs> like COVID. <laughs> like COVID. Um, here in Canada, we did a story on the discovery of uh, grave sites at at residential schools, and that was an a, a difficult but a topic. But it was it was hugely okay. relevant to. I bet Christian yeah. church here in Canada. And so we, we felt we needed to, to address it and, and to cover it and, and provide a, uh, a bit more of a, a balanced yeah. perspective than, um, than a lot of the sort of secular news was, was giving. I sort of keep an eye on, on the news. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, we, we try and uh, put an emphasis on international news. So it's not um, just a whole bunch of politics come across something and, and you, and, and you think that's, that's going to work. So, and I, you know, we look at, at a variety of news sources and, and see if there's mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. it's just a, a story that gets picked up, uh, you know, in one particular place or oftentimes with, with, uh, stories of Christian persecution, it, it's, um, it's something that, that is only covered in Christian, um, periodical or, or, uh, website. Right. Do you guys ever uh, sort of solicit, uh, like, have you ever had people, you know, give you ideas? Like, I'd really love to see you cover this or, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, usually it's sort of like issues that, that uh, you know, people have mentioned that issues that, that they'd like to see um, covered. So actually one of them, uh, sort of with Mother Teresa, we did our backgrounder on the Christian, Christianity has sort of helped form 
the medical system and, and, and modern medicine, which is a great story. And uh, the shift from sort of the pagan Roman world to the Christian world was one where, where medicine actually went from being something that was only accessed by basically those who had the money to pay for it to something that was uh, part of the church's charitable mission and and, uh, and the church opened hospitals and gave free medical care to the poor and the dying and the sick. Uh, lepers and, and so forth. So, so, so anyway, that was actually a, a something that someone suggested that we right. uh, that we uh, an issue that we looked at sometime with the story about Mother Teresa. We were able to sort of uh, delve into that in, in the backgrounder and, and give uh, students sort of a, a bit of an I- idea of um, of how the the Christian right. Church has um, really contributed to uh, to the medical system. Mm-hmm. And the social system. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Social. Yeah, interesting. I, one of the ones that's popped into my head, and I'm not quite sure how you could work this into a current event, but would be kids who are considering like their post-secondary institutions. Uh, how do we decide? Uh, how do we help sort of form our kids to to choosing uh, choosing well for your post-secondary, right? I'm just reading a book right now that um, I should lend you, Matthew. And I think you both like to read it. It's called The Way of Beauty. And he delves a lot into, uh, into the culture, how we can as individuals aid the, the advancement of our culture, right? And it's, it's a fascinating book. Lydia and I are reading it together. It's absolutely fascinating. And I, I think you guys would love it. I think it would be great fodder for, for what you're doing too. The guy is, uh, yeah, he's really amazing. Who's the author? His name is David Clayton. I interviewed him a few weeks back. It sounds wonderful. Yeah. 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 It's really good. There's so many people I think would, I think everybody should read it. It's just really just a lot of food for thought about how we do things and how we need to look at how we do things, which, you know, you guys are also doing this, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of overlap. Anyways, I would really encourage um, my listeners to, to try this out and just get the month, the free month to just sort of get in there and and do a, one or two of the lessons. And, you know, even if you're just reading the very, very basic stuff and you don't delve into it anymore, just get a sense of what it's like, because I think this is just such a valuable resource for us. As a young mom, especially, I was so ignorant. I did not want to listen to uh, watch the news. I did not want to read newspapers. I didn't, I didn't want to be around. I didn't want to be bombarded by the media version of current events. And I just found it depressing and it would make me be, not, not be able to sleep at night and stuff to be delving into the dirt of media, right? And yet, there are things that are important. And luckily, I had a husband who was, you know, always would make me aware of of uh, the things that were important for me to know, right, that were going on in the world. But I, it was something I resisted. And, yes. and my kids had him as the, you know, current events guy, which was great. This would have been a really remarkable thing to have back in the day. Yeah. Well, thanks for this. Thank you. <laughs> very, very generous <laughs> words. Fun. Oh, you're so welcome. So nice to have you guys again. So good luck. Um, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie. Okay, God bless.